the Holy Spirit. Christians confess every Sunday in the creed that they believe in him. But who is he? What is the role that the Holy Spirit plays in the Trinity, in the church, in our lives? If you don't have a good answer to those questions, and even if you do, join us as we study through the book Holy Spirit in the People's Bible Teaching Series. We'll read this book together and then discuss it chapter by chapter. And all the while, our faith will grow, and so will our appreciation for the Holy Spirit and His role in our salvation. Join us in the discussion, and if you have a copy of the book, in growing from the reading of this book. Here's the next episode of our podcast. We hope that you benefit from our discussion on the Holy Spirit. are happy that you're here. Somewhat sad that this is the last chapter. The last, really. In our Holy Spirit Most uh, certainly true podcast. Discussion. Let's say it, Pastor but, Hockman, right? I but we are happy. Yeah. We'll be back with something new. We'll, uh, we'll find a way to right. connect with you via the interwebs again. I'm but thanks be for here. being here today yeah. for our uh, discussion, our final discussion on the Holy Spirit. Uh, at least the whole, well, we'll talk about him someday. Somewhere. I I suppose right, but he's about not like the book. he's not like off limits. Yeah, he's for, not going for the away. rest of the time. Yeah, so, uh, so. we have a correction from a couple weeks ago. Oh, we you, do not correction, an addition, an addition. You had uh, mentioned a few places this was two weeks ago, I believe, uh, where we would have some cross processions oh. uh, in worship, and you failed to mention that we also do cross processions when we install new pastors. Oh, so yeah. well, you know, we also have is, another one that we do for lessons and carols. Yes, we do lessons and carols, but I'm trying to transition us to a discussion about our oh, new pastor. Oh well, yeah. So let's talk about just that. You think we're going to do that again for this guy? I, I don't know. Yeah. Am I jumping to a to a conclusion? <laughs> I guess it's not my call. Yeah. I'm, a, but I am under the assumption that I we, think would, we would that we would do. We that. did when you were installed. Yes, right? we did. Yeah, there was no such thing when I was. I know that. I knew we walked there, was, in, but there was no cross person. There we were didn't also have a cross and candles. There was also no such thing as pictures, since yeah, we don't we, didn't, we, we don't didn't have do a record pictures. of uh, no. this even happening. No, there was a picture way from the balcony, very distant, of my <laughs> kneeling for my installation because I was ordained and installed um, a couple of years earlier in Saginaw. We like to tease Pastor Hebner. Because there is no picture of the yeah. the cur- the staff in the front and the installation yeah. like there is for all the called workers now. That <laughs> must be because cameras weren't invented. <laughs> <laughs> well, yeah, it's a, it's a possibility. I know. But our new pastors come in, and we will do. Pastor it. Matt Scharf yeah. is going to be here. We didn't have Alps next. and Stoles back then either. It was all those black weren't robes. a thing either. Yeah. We didn't have them. They were a thing. Just they were we a thing. We them. didn't use them. That Got was, it. Yeah. But okay. be that as it may, a bad pastor Matt Scharf will be joining our next month, pastoral staff. July second. Yeah. So excited! Yeah, that's going to be fin- fantastic to have him on our team, thrilled. to have him using his gifts to serve the people here at Grace with us. Quite a gifted young man. That uh, listen to me, young, but they're all young <laughs> to me, right? So yeah, he's uh, his his dad was serving as a pastor. His grandpa served as a pastor. In fact. Actually, he had two grandpas who were pastors. One was the professor at a college of ministry, and uh, his other, his mom's father, was the district president of our district and had served in various places, but his later part of ministry was 
Morton Grove, Illinois, and his grandpa Scharf was a professor, my actually professor when I was at our College of Ministry, Northwestern College. So his dad is also a pastor, and he's got um, three brothers who are pastors, and another brother who's here, so our, maybe he's going to listen to the podcast and hear about himself. I'm as a sure Grace that Church he member. does. Yeah. Shout out, Ben. Thanks for listening. Yeah, thanks for listening. <laughs> <laughs> Your brother is coming, so younger brother, right? So the Sharps have a quite a large... He's got a lot of siblings, which is a great blessing in that family, and it's joyful and happy. And so he and his pastor Sharf will be with us, and his wife Rachel and their four little ones will be on the way here. We would assume in the month of June, and installed in July two. So we're pegging this time wise right now, so we know where this podcast fits. If anybody ever listens, this is for our current guys. events. This is Kurt, happening. Yeah, this is going to be happening, which so is great news for very for all of us pastor joining us as our discipleship pastor and he'll he'll have to arm wrestle you with whether or not you're still in charge of podcast or he takes over and how that works we'll have to figure that out this all out yeah and uh, for our small group ministry and our other curriculum planning and everything else to get closer so we're happy to have him on board and and uh be blessed by his his insights and delivery of the holy scriptures so you had gotten to know him, I think, because you are a classmate with one of his brothers a few years ahead of him, right? Yeah. His brother, Nate, who I just learned today is going to be preaching for wow. uh, the installation. He and I go way back. Mm-hmm. We met freshman year at Luther Prep and okay. then did 12 years worth of schooling together. I guess we parted ways for vicar year. Well, so, yeah. so 11 years worth of schooling together. <laughs> You can count the vicar year. Yeah, I think yeah. so. We were still still attached as friends. Yes, <laughs> different experiences. So, but yeah, that's. I found it that um, while I've gotten a chance to meet a lot of people and others have have joined the 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 course and the path, but some of my closest friends are the ones that were the <laughs> pastor track guys from Luther Prep. Yeah. Where, um got to know them really well through four years of living in the dorms and <laughs> um, in, enjoyed making other friends too. Not clicky in any way but just some of those uh relationships that date back the longest the longest as far as yeah ministry education so he was younger and you would have so he's six years younger than me so uh, as a 16 year old hanging out at the sharf house it was 10 year old matt yeah who was uh wanting to hang around so ben would have been there too ben was there ben would have been 13 yeah (laughs) so that's pretty cool it was a great connection and so we'll welcome him with open arms here at Grace Church, and uh, we'll have our worship service at four with a gathering of social time and connections and greetings and a meal a and meal. Uh, lots of fun. Come join us. It'll be great. Oh, it's going to be quite a celebration <laughs> as we move forward and serve the Savior in this unique spot known as Grace Church in downtown Milwaukee. Uh, so it's a it's a historic thing. You know, you go back and study the minutes and see all the transitions that happened in the history of Milwaukee that affected our church and then internal issues related to our school and the teachers and, of course, the pastors. And, you know, there just aren't that many in the whole history. So are you officially number 12? He will be 13. Yes, I am number 12. Yeah. Well, that's a beautiful and holy number for him. So that's, that's great. That's just when you think 175 years, that's not that many. No, not and at all. And when you have multiple staff, too, you know, that's... 
pretty neat. So we're we're uh, looking forward to uh, folding the entire family into the into the family of grace. Kids will be fitting in, and I'm trying to do wife. the math. Not quite. I was wondering if if you have been associates with more of the pastors than not, but not quite. Because you're number quite. you're number eight, eight. I'm right? Number eight. Yeah, there were seven so. before me. Yep. And then there'd be five more after, right? Yep. Nine, ten, eleven, twelve. There, yeah. Stick around a few more years. We yeah. Set the record. <laughs> <laughs> well, I had associates in the blood way with one of the predecessors, who was my uncle. Right? That's so true. Throw that in the mix, and then I wasn't here at the time, but I visited here as a kid, but wasn't serving as the pastor. So. <laughs> And speaking of honor due, well, we would do that for our pastor, but better yet, how about God, Let's the Holy Spirit? Give the Holy Spirit <laughs> the honor that he is Isn't that is a due. nice way to wrap this book up? And I, you know, when I started reading this, our podcasters will find this too. So here's spoiler alert. I didn't know what this chapter would be about, but what he did, and a great way to conclude a book about the Spirit's work, is trace how we as Christians celebrate and honor the Spirit and his work through our worship service and in our church here, and then, of course, in our lives. But uh, I just think that subject about how we do that with our worship service and with the church here is is just valuable, and I'm so glad he did that. Because we know, we've probably talked about this in other podcasts, whether in this series or elsewhere, but of course, there's nothing in the Bible that mandates exactly what we should be doing when Christians gather. That Christians gather on a regular basis to worship is not optional. So I know you're laughing because my reading glasses are falling <laughs> off. Yeah. Right before we hit record, Pastor yeah. Hedner broke his reading glasses. Yeah, so, and now they're teetering on yeah, the they're just barely <laughs> on the edge of my nose. It is kind of I keep saying we should have a yeah. camera running That's and right. we, this should be a video podcast <laughs> for situations just like just this. Just like this, yeah. So one arm is hanging in there kind of and they're like, I'm not going to touch him. I, I shouldn't. But, yeah, I told funny. you, since there is no camera, you can just lean yeah, however you need yeah, to. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> I will well, if they fall off, I kind of know what I'm going to be talking about anyway. So that's <laughs> probably neither here nor there. But if you, get, you know that, that we were, <laughs> go ahead. You want you got, you got more lines on this? I know I you do. Sorry. You're stored no. it up. No, I cut. <laughs> you were having a deeply spiritual conversation no, with wasn't. us, and I interrupted you. I had some to make fun of your glasses. Pithy comments about <laughs> <laughs> That I have to wear them in the first place is comical, but you know, you it's just, continue to be the mature one in the room, right? Then. And I will, hey, you're going to be wearing some pretty soon, right? Don't you have yes. to eventually? Yeah, as well. That is I, maybe we should save that topic for yeah, small talk some other time, some other time, right? Wearing of it also won't be not. quite as raw for well, me, I, so I'm, yeah. Well, I'm I'm glad that the contact lenses were invented because I find them to be much more comfortable personally. Other people just enjoy their glasses, but that bugs my ears and nose. And so, uh, I in the worship service though, I got to flick them on once in a while because it's yeah. difficult, depending on the lighting, to read the font that we have. Except I the was lectern. I was less than thrilled Sunday morning to <laughs> set my manuscript that I'd been reading all morning practicing set it down on the desk of the pulpit, and I couldn't read it. You couldn't read it, yeah. You couldn't so, see what you're... That puts right. you at a disadvantage right there. Got to put the glasses on. Yeah. So. 
Better For now, that. they're preaching glasses, but I think they're going to become regular, yeah, yeah, regular glasses at some point. Well, if you get it memorized front and backwards, you can yeah. maybe do it without. So, <laughs> I'd have to pick it up to read my proof passages, though. That, that'd yeah, that's be, right. That'd and be weird. Sticking your face <laughs> down into the manuscript to find out. Give me As just Jesus a second said, while I focus in on what on my this, proof yeah. passages. Yeah. <laughs> Well, we had been somewhat starting into the worship service, I think. Is that where we were going? Yeah. We so, were talking about the Holy Spirit. But, you know, as he started in the book, he, he's just content in being not the center of attention. He wants Jesus to be, and that's really what worship is all about. But that the Spirit is present and mentioned, and, you know, part of every worship is really a, a thrill to see. We do know that the, there's nothing in the Bible that mandates this. So when the Christians early on, 20 centuries ago, are thinking, well, what should we do? In worship, well, there are people who could say, and I've used this illustration in our Bible information classes too, that, well, I like to sing. So we could gather and just sing hymns for two hours and say a prayer and go home. Somebody else might say, well, I like prayer. Well, we could get together and pray for three hours and go home. Somebody might say, I like sermons. Well, we can get together and listen to a four-hour sermon and have a prayer and we could do that. But they found this balance of hearing from God, first of all, and being able to respond and putting the, his words on lips of the worshipers to be valuable, this dialogue back and forth. And I think it is valuable. It is worthwhile, and it's, it, it gives us a sort of a skeleton or a, a framework within which the message of Jesus' love can be hung like beautiful ornaments on a skeletal tree so that you have this filled-out message that he loves us in Christ. And um, when that has been set up over time, then the Holy Spirit does have his due. And there certainly is part of that. He mentions, of course, in the Trinitarian invocation, the beginning of the service, the Trinitarian absolution language, the uh, Gloria in Excelsis, that big song of praise typically is announcing the work of Christ as our Savior, but the Holy Spirit figures in that, in the creedal statements we make, in the prayers, in the hymns we sing. So laced throughout worship, you find references, and I encourage podcasters to pay attention. And now that this book has come up and we're in this chapter, next time you're gathering for, well, that'll be there next Sunday, because yeah. uh, you're there all the time. Keep to, your eyes peeled. Keep your eyes for peeled for spirit, spirit activity, right? It'd be fun to see when we finally get a chance to repaint, because we haven't painted since 1995. It's almost 30 years, interior church. But the original design from 1900, there was, there was, um, you know, like we have the angels up in the arch with their trumpets toward the banner. I now do says, know that, yes. It was Ehres I got in der Heer, which is glory to God in the highest in German, but now we have uh, by grace alone. But there was also a beautiful symbol that was by the baptismal font. And I'm not exactly oh, really? sure if they had an angelic presence, but I would like to see a Holy Spirit symbol there in our repainting. Yeah. And perhaps with, you know, water and the dove, or a dove certainly, a spirit symbol, and then maybe the shell, because we use that shell, yeah. which is often used for uh, scooping water in baptism. But that would be neat to have, I think, in that little rounded alcove where the yeah. baptismal font stands, they have something on that wall. It's bare right now. That would indicate spirit presence. And that would highlight neatly, because we've got the spirit in the pulpit with the dove. Right. And then we have Christ Jesus as the center in the under the baldachin on our main altar. 
And God the Father is evident throughout the whole building with its Trinitarian symbolism. And all creation's uh, elements are involved, not only in the organ use, but also in the whole building. Air and wind and light and color and stone and all the liturgical elements that go into. So we see the hand of the Creator. And uh, Trinitarian references are pretty cool. Yeah, And that's certainly true then in the worship service. As would be um, the case in following the church here. And again, yeah. there's no Bible passage that says we have to follow a church here. And I know of some churches that don't do any kind of formal order of worship. There's a, maybe I'd call it more a simplified, where you know you get the crowd who's gathered, excited with music that seems upbeat and has an emotional touch to it, and then an extended Bible study-like message and wrapping up with some prayer time and more music. That's that's a very uh, rough outline, but short and brief. And the outline that we follow and format we use fairly regularly has more to it to guarantee that with uh, songs that are ordinarily there, they repeat the story of what God did for us in Christ Jesus. And... Uh, then we have the three scripture readings, and we have the sermon explaining one of those, and we have the prayers, and we have the sacrament, and all that stuff fills out to give a smorgasbord for the soul for each worship service. So it is in the church here, we could have someone say, early Christians are thinking, well, what should we talk about? We know what we're going to do, maybe a dialogue back and forth with God, but so what do we talk about? Somebody might say, well, I like Christmas. Well, every Sunday is Christmas. Well, then no Sundays. Are I like Christmas. I like I like Christmas, yeah. and so do you. But you know, if every Sunday, then you're missing out on other stuff. So what early Christians did centuries ago is set this up to follow the Lord Jesus from the manger to the empty tomb, and then back again. That is the church here, and that gets his life and death and resurrection for us. The story of his miraculous message, his powerful words, to be woven into the fiber of our being and our response. That becomes the church here. And the Spirit figures prominently, certainly on the Festival of Pentecost, but other Sundays too. And I like the way he highlighted that in this chapter. And uh, I, I found a summary of this chapter is similar to the observation he made about the Holy Spirit's presence yeah. in Scripture. Is It seems like it's background. It seems like he's not... <clears throat> excuse me, playing a prominent role uh -huh. until you actually look. And actually he is there quite a bit, uh, yeah. but but he's there directing and the attention and, and pointing people towards Jesus. Um, mm -hmm. But in worship, uh, in the church here, he certainly plays a role. Isn't that interesting that I think we still use that language, even though we now call it, it's the church here is known as the proper, and the Sundays after Pentecost are proper, four, five, six, and so on. But we still, I think, in our worship folders, list them as Sundays after Sundays Pentecost. Sundays after Pentecost, which yes. Which tells you something about the prominence of the Spirit just in the title of the days. And what a grand way to wrap this whole book up when from worship and then the church year, he finalizes with an encouragement to stick with the Spirit and live that out in our lives. And that uh, really the whole book leading up to that final... Yeah page or two apply everything that yeah. you just read and that you just learned and uh, the gifts that that you've been given and the <laughs> warnings and encouragements put that all into practice yeah in your life
And we know that's true for our podcasters. I mean, they wouldn't be listening to this if they weren't interested in their own spiritual growth and their own spiritual connection, uh, their connection to our Savior God. And it's the Spirit who makes that happen through His tools. And uh, just by the very fact that they're taking time to listen to a podcast says, I want to feed my soul and my spiritual life with, with more. And we're delighted to be able to make that happen. Yeah, so, we are. Thanking God that this is most, most certainly, certainly true. Thanks for listening. We'd love to share more about God's love with you. Check us out at www.gracedowntown.org. There you'll find worship times, our pastor's contact info, and a lot more about our ministry in and to downtown Milwaukee. We hope to connect you to the grace of God again sometime soon.